Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2019 eyes. Yeah. Whoop whoop. Yes, We're we on to do. the 20s in season no, two. We're nearly at the end. Nearly at the end. Crazy. We've been talking about what we're going to do to mark the end of this season. Because mm. if you remember, last <laughs> season there was an episode where Ali and Renee had somehow ordered, they were working on a case and they had ordered Chinese takeaway and, and pizza. a pizza. And we were so taken blown away with by the this idea. concept. The concept that you could have two types of takeout <laughs> on the same meal. It was like this is genius so that's what we did to mark the end of season one yes and um, so i don't know what your thoughts are eleanor if there's anything that's taken your fancy from season two that we could do to mark the end of the season well we would think it was, um there's been lots of ice cream yes references that's or... my thought because I feel like, um, and it happens in this episode as well, mm. they're eating a lot of ice cream. <laughs> Lots season. of Ben and Jerry's. That seems to be the thing. So maybe we just eat, we get a ton yeah. of Ben and Jerry's each and swap Sounds around. amazing. So <laughs> that's what we'll do. Yeah. We'll certainly Instagram story that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Ring the alarm, we've got a new subscriber to our Patreon. Jennifer Kolig has subscribed at Renee level. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Back to the show. This episode, we are looking at episode 20 of season two, Only the Lonely. Yeah. Only. Is that a song? Only the Lonely. Yeah, I thought that was the song, but then I was like, I just made up the words. No, 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 I think that's right. So, it first aired 3rd of May, 1999. Yes. So, that would be an early bank holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah May Day, yeah, yeah. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. Uh, UK number one. Yes. The artist is... Yes. Westline. Oh, is it, um, I cross the streams. No. Uh, no oh, I have a dream. Oh. I don't think, no, no, it's not that one. I cross the streams. I cross, like, yeah, that's not, not the, the lyrics, is it? I cross, I don't The know. stream, I have a dream. Yeah. It's, it's an ABBA cover anyway. But, um. Is so, it? Yeah. Yeah, did you I don't think Did I knew you that. see the wonder of a fairy tale? Have you not seen Mamma Mia 2? Yeah, I you have. You can see the future. I was like, that's not what they did, is it? I believe in angels. Yeah, they oh, did. They did do that, didn't they? Yes. Oh, I forgot. Oh, God. Right, okay, so it's not that. <laughs> then what is it? Westlife. See, the problem is, is all Westlife songs sound the fucking same. Can't yes, I know. This is it. And I, I can't actually... Tell me what it is and let me see if I can sing it. So it's Swear It Again. Oh, I swear it all over again and I, I never want to see you cry. I never want to... That does ring a bell, but are you sure it is that one? And I swear it all over again. But wouldn't it be called Swear It All Over Again, not Swear It Again? I don't know. Try it and see. Okay, but... 
I mean, it's uh, terrible. I'm not no, a Westlife fan. It was, fan. It I'm was sorry. their first ever single, so this is oh. the, so this is the emergence of so Westlife. Maybe, oh, okay. So oh, oh no, because we're gonna have, they're gonna have a lot of number one. Swear it again. More yeah, and it, it's it's the best selling debut single of all time from an Irish citizen. Uh, citizens. Citizens. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just find out what it actually is because I cannot remember it. Yeah, this is what I was just singing. I wanna know. Are you sure? Well, it's not at the chorus yet, but this is it. The only joy that I have ever known. Girl, the lion. Can I see the video? I wanna see how young they look. And all of the people that we used to know. They look so young. And they look like babies. This is when Brian was dating Kerry Katona, surely. But I don't, I don't think he'd even got to that point yet, because... Oh, look at his curtains! I oh my know. God, Brian was my least favourite. I know. I always thought he was a knob. He likes Trump. Have you heard that? Yeah. Wait. I never wanna sing you by I never wanna see you cry I swear you'll love me Swear you'll love me again and I See? But that's not the lyric! <laughs> I, it should be called you. Swear It All Over Again I can't help you I didn't Doesn't he... What is it called? I swear It's called Swear It Again well, they swear it all over again. <laughs> so, I don't know what to tell you. Fake news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that is Westlife, their first number one ever. Yeah. So, we'll probably more get from more, them more from them as we continue. Um, <clears throat> so, US number one is, is still TLC yeah. and no scrubs. Good for them. Yeah, what a banger. Um, still know all the words. I don't want no scrub. Scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. Scrub is a guy who thinks he's flying. Also known as a buster. Always thinking about what he wants and just sits on his broke ass. So, no. See? Very good. Amazing. First of May. You don't have a car, then you're walking. <laughs> oh, yes, son, I'm <laughs> talking to you. You live at home with your mama. Oh, yes, I'm talking, talking to you. you. <laughs> if you had a shorty, but you don't show love. Oh, yes, son, I'm talking to you. Want to get with me with no money? Oh, no, I don't want no, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Much fun, endless fun. Okay, first of May on US TV, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants <gasps> premieres on Nickelodeon. Listen, a pineapple under the sea. <laughs> 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 I fucking love SpongeBob. He's he's a phenomenon, isn't he? Yeah, he's a cultural phenomenon. Gift Central. Yes. Um, second of May, mm. Oliver Reed dies. Oh, sad. Yeah. So Lionel Bart, then Oliver Reed. Yeah, in quite quick succession. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, um, Oliver Reed definitely had his health issues. From, yeah, from, from the, the alcohol drink, abuse. The drinky drink. Yeah, but wasn't it he was in the middle of filming Gladiator? He was, at the time. and they had to. Wasn't it one of the first instances of them having to use CGI to kind of to complete, complete, complete the scenes? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Third of May, it, uh, the nineteen ninety nine Oklahoma tornado outbreak, <gasps> which was a devastating tornado that hit southern and eastern Oklahoma City Aww. metropolitan area killing 36 people and five indirectly it also produced the highest winds recorded Ooh. on earth has that been topped since mm, this is now I, and I was like presumably I do not, not have that information presumably not I am not the metal <laughs> no I am not I am literally just the <laughs> average joke of <laughs> Wikipedia Wow. Uh, yeah. That is uh, sad. Yeah. Okay. Um, and 7th of May, The Mummy is released. Oh, that's your favourite film. I love The Mummy. <laughs> I love Brendan Fraser in it. Yeah, I, love I love Rachel Weisz in it. I love John Hannah in it. Yeah. It's I love everyone in it. We went to see it for your birthday, didn't we? Yes, we did. And I... Because <laughs> Ellen's birthday is in July. Yes. And um, so I reckon it must have not come out. Because back then, movies... No, because I, I remember, I remember um, the choices I had were Entrapment, which was yeah. released the last time we did an episode, yeah. um, and The Mummy, yeah. those were the, and I went with The Mummy. Yeah. Um, Imagine and, how your life would have been different if you'd chosen Entrapment. Well, <laughs> I, remember, I remember... It's like going, a sliding doors moment. <laughs> but, like, I remember going to see The Mummy... And, like, with, like, friends from school as well, yeah. uh, along for... Um, yeah. I was sat next to... You remember Nat? Yeah. I was sat next to her. And I remember, like, it was, like, a creepy moment. And, you know, something's going to just jump out any yeah. moment. And I'm, like, raising my box of popcorn, <laughs> like, to cover my face, to hide behind. And suddenly the jump moment happens. And I go, whoa! And this popcorn just goes all up in the air. <laughs> like and a like, <laughs> Like, and lands all over Nat next to me. It's really funny. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, so yeah. funny. Good. Okay. So that's what I have. Okay. So let's crack on then with only the lonely. So we open on a TV and there's a woman on it wearing a face bra because it's Elaine's infomercial. The thing we've been talking about all season has actually happened. The lady on TV is saying, at first I was a sceptic. Then I started to feel more toned. My face was less mushy. And then we cut back to, in real life, Elaine, who is there looking so excited. And she's at Ali and Renee's place with everyone watching the infomercial on TV. Was it their apartment? Because I was yeah. like, Someone's... It didn't look like their apartment to me. I was like, whose apartment is this? Well, it was... Yeah. It, it was there. Yeah, yeah. I, but, di I didn't recognise it for some reason. Yeah. I think it must have been just a different angle. So yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's talking about... The woman on the TV is singing the praises of this face bra, and then there's the camera pans to a man wearing it and going, it's not just for women. And... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Richard, then it, it cuts to Richard kind of biting his lip, intrigued. Um, and uh, the man continues on the TV, I lead a rigorous life and the face bra neutralises the negative effects of my daily rigour. 
Um, and then and then the lady on TV is now in a car with the face bar on, being like, I actually got results within three months. There was less excess skin. And then on the TV, it cuts to Elaine being like, and you too can look younger in just three months. Scientific studies show gravity alone causes sagging of the skin, especially for those who exercise regularly. Now you at home can get this revolutionary miracle face bar and shave years off your appearance. And I'm not just the owner, by the way. And then there's like a little box in the corner graphic of Elaine's <laughs> like <laughs> face on the TV with a face bra yeah. on. And, then, and the real life, not the real life Elaine, the Elaine like not in the box yeah. on the TV is like, I'm a customer. And Elaine in real life is like, can you believe it? And Renee's like, no, Elaine, I don't think any of us can. <laughs> and Elaine says, I just want you to know, I don't care how wealthy I get. I will never leave the firm. You people are my life. And Ali's nose whistles. Yeah, she looks absolutely stunned. <laughs> yes. Um, so as much as it's interesting, because this kind of sets the tone a little bit for this episode, because as much as everyone shows, I don't know, everyone plays the role up, of supporting yeah. her, yeah. but actually it, this episode exposes who really supports her truly. Well, yeah, and because... There's a. I've described it as like they're in as they're watching. There's a lot of confused, stunned, like amused, disbelief. Yeah, like, sort of almost horrified yeah. looks at times. It almost felt some of some of it felt like they were like laughing at her rather than yeah. pleased for her. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I just I don't know. Like I don't like that when they like pretend that they they kind of what's the word? It's like sub in just being there for actually being there you know for her yeah just kind of and then like be like but I was there like I did support you and it's like no you, you supporting me by showing up and then eye rolling behind my back is not supporting no, me no no that's you know? not it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway disingenuous that's it that's yeah. a good word yeah so after titles it's the weekly meeting and Richard is talking about or introducing the case of the week which is Sharp versus Volpe Packard mm-hmm. um, and Billy is trying um, that case and he's taking Ling as his second chair and it's um, Nell asks if this is the bathing suit case and Ali gets a bee in her bonnet and decides to raise it now. I don't know why she didn't want to raise it sooner. She says, why are all our cases about sexual harassment and why do we always represent the harassers? And I was like, please direct your complaints to Mr. D.E. <laughs> Kelly. Exactly. It's like, he's the one with the obsession. Yeah, he really is. And Billy's like, well, this isn't sexual harassment. And all the women furrows their brows in disbelief. Seriously? And like, he's like, it isn't. And Ali's like, oh, he just makes everybody wear bathing suits. And Billy's like, it doesn't make anybody do anything. And why is it no matter what happens, women always feel harassed? You know, it's you guys who make yourselves out to be the weaker sex. And by the way, men don't go out and get their breasts done. Men don't obsess over the size of their butts. Men don't try on 10 different outfits before going out at night. And men don't care if their tummies look flat. You want to condemn the people fixating on women's bodies? Condemn the women. And I was like, oh, Billy, 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 you fucking ignorant piece of shit. Well, you know what? It's really funny how times have changed because the amount of men who get cosmetic surgical procedures have tripled since 1997. Yeah. And the most popular procedures amongst men being liposuction, eye lift surgery, breast reduction, yeah. tummy tucks and facelifts. Oh yeah. Eating disorders are becoming more and more prevalent yes. amongst men, including the relatively new 
disorder of uh, orthorexia, yes. which is the obsession with clean eating yes. to the point where it's like detrimental yes. to your well-being. Um, gym addictions are becoming a problem yes. for men and women. Yeah. Um, and in 2017, I found this article on the Telegraph yeah. that reported that steroid use had been had seen a fourfold increase yeah. that year. Um, the biggest increase was seen amongst 16 to 24 year old men. Yeah. I don't think it's any coincidence that this has happened at a time when for more than a decade the superhero hero genre mm. um has literally dominated cinema and tv in a way it is never has done before right it's almost as if it's not just a basic innate difference between men and women it's actually when you target a particular group of people and saturate them with unattainable beauty standards yeah. It makes them body conscious. Yeah. Something that women have had to navigate for fucking centuries. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's only just happening to men that yeah. it, it's kind of hitting and this stuff is becoming more yeah. prevalent. Yeah. And it, I just find it really funny that Billy is like throwing this out there like, well, women do this. You're the ones doing this to yourself. And it's just like... No. Well, one, we're not doing it to ourselves. It's, we feel that way because society has made, made us, us feel this that way. way. Yeah. But B, it's not just women. Yeah. It's not it, something well, that's limited when, to women. When, when it's men, not a reaction. When yeah. men are saturated with unattainable beauty standards, yeah. they too start yeah. to act in this way. I mean, he's just ignorant about the whole thing. So, yeah, and... Just not getting it right in the slightest. So he sit he sits down and Ali just stares at him and Richard goes, That was nice. <laughs> I know, I love the way Richard's like, huh, seems like the kind of thing I would have said. Yes, <laughs> that was nice. Sharing Billy. Yeah, moving on. Um, and and Nell is asking Ling why she didn't object to this case. And Ling says, Because I brought the client in, which will eventually contribute to me making partner and translates to power, which once I have, I can put an end to the rampant chauvinism that goes on here. And I was like, <laughs> Ling speaking for 90s feminists everywhere. <laughs> you can't beat them, join them until <laughs> I get the power and then I will stop it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and then John turns to Ling and goes oh why don't you just go chew on it and I was like John I know I know I was like why what's she done to you you're being such a twat yeah and Ling's like chew on what (laughs) anyway Elaine comes in wearing her face bra and she brings some documents to Ling because these are the orders that she's got overnight since the infomercial aired and apparently they've done very well um she's on a par with the vegematic and only slightly less than the spray on hair and someone wants to interview her for a cable consumer show um and she goes I'm gonna be rich 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 and Richard's like on that note of prosperity we're done Billy Ling good luck and then Ling's like chew on what (laughs) she's still like confused about John yeah um so Richard's walking out of the conference room when John calls after him asking for a moment um and Richard goes go ahead take it And, uh, he doesn't mean that kind of moment. But <laughs> Barry White starts up singing You Turn My Whole World Around. Um, mm. And John looks around to see who's listening. Um, and John's like, no, I mean with you. And he takes Richard's arm and they kind of stroll to John's office whilst Barry plays. And um, Richard's like, well, what's up? And John's like, you can sense the change in me, can't you? And Richard's like, what change? And John's like, there's been a change. <laughs> and Richard's like, there has. <laughs> and John's like, since I turned 35... And Richard's like, aha, big change. And John's like, become a little bolder. 
I'm just a little more predisposed to gather the rosebuds. I'm just like, you mean you've become more of a twat? <laughs> That's what I can see thus far. A little rapier. <laughs> not quite rapier, but you know, getting there. Yeah. Uh, and Richard's like, ah, I'm not sure I follow, but I can't wait to see where you're headed with this. And then John says, in my heart, I feel a reconnection with Nell. A little voice has repeatedly told me, go to her. I've both ignored it and denied it, but I'm not going to ignore that little voice any longer. I'm going to go to her. And Richard's like, excellent. And John's like, unfortunately, if there's a little voice speaking to her, it isn't singing my praises. I don't think she's noticed the change. And it has made me a little uptight. And Richard goes, hmm, bugger. <laughs> and John's like, my question is, do you think that little knee pit thing, should I try it? And Richard's like, John, that's not something you want to fool around with. But if you did use it, well, she'd certainly notice the change then, wouldn't she? And John's like, huh. Huh. Hmm. So, are we going to get John pouncing on Nell? Let's Probably. find out. Uh, so, the elevator rings and two women come out. One of them is uh, an actress uh, called Jennifer Rhodes, who I recognised as someone who plays Winona Ryder's mum in Heathers. So, she plays a character uh, called Veronica. Okay. Um, so, I recognised her from that, but she's also been in lots of things. Most recently, she was in Grace and Frankie for a bit. Okay. Um, but Elaine comes around the corner and this um, Jennifer Rhodes, the character that Jennifer Rhodes is playing, says, oh, hello, Elaine. And Elaine looks really pleased to see her and is like, Aunt Gladys, my God, hello, hi, wow. Um, so this is clearly one of Elaine's relatives. Mm. And Gladys is just really cold with her and says, yes, yes, you can save your wows. This is for you. And Elaine, like, as though she thinks it's like a gift, she's like, yeah. what's this? Like, oh, yeah. you shouldn't have. Yeah. And the other lady who is her lawyer, Gladys's lawyer, says, you're a legal secretary. I would think you'd recognise a summons. And Elaine's like, I'm sorry. And Gladys says, oh, yes, that's right. Play dumb. I was like a second mother to you. And this is the thanks I get. And at this point, Ali comes up and stands by Elaine, who's looking kind of hurt and confused. Shocked, yeah. Um, and Ali's like, what's the problem? And the lawyer on the, uh, Gladys's lawyer is like, are you her lawyer? And Ali's like, well, does she need one? And <laughs> the Gladys's lawyer says, I'm afraid she does. And Gladys says, my daughter invented the face bra four years ago. She died in an automobile accident two years ago. Elaine stole the idea. And Elaine is like, what? And Gladys like, is like, you thought I didn't know about it? And Elaine's like, I didn't steal it. And Gladys says, you've been found out, Elaine. And Elaine's like, I don't. And Ali's like, duh, 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 don't say anything, Elaine. Let me see this. And Gladys goes, you should be arrested and put in jail. And I was like, that's calm down. Like, she's your niece. She's barely sold any <laughs> yeah. yet. Like, jail. Jesus. <laughs> and Elaine's like, this is a lie. And Ali's like, duh, 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 quiet. Now, I am going to read this complaint and then the lawyers will be talking. <laughs> and Elaine goes, this is all a big... And Elaine, Ali's like, ah, da, 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 da. Elaine, shh. Yeah. So, yeah, trouble. Like, uh, poor Elaine. I was like, what a dick her aunt is. Yeah. Like, even if you thought that was true, to just stick a summons on her yeah, straight away just, without just without talking even to talking her, to her first. She obviously hasn't seen her for years. Yeah. It's like... I don't know just it's, I wasn't happy no I felt sorry for Elaine because she just looked so confused and 
hurt. Well, she's just completely blindsided. Yeah. yeah. So, and to come to her place of work I as know, well. I like, don't know. What yeah. a dick move. But I was pleased that, that Ali, like, immediately was protecting her. Yeah, she was. Nice. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, at the courthouse, a woman is on the stand being questioned by the opposing counsel, and the woman says, um, and this is in the bathing suitcase, so mm. the woman's like, I, talking about how she found the policy offensive and demeaning, they, and it turns out they, they create, basically the issue is, is this guy has instigated what he calls a beach day. Um, they're a software company and it, for one day a month so he wants them to wear be- bathing suits. Um, and the opposing counsel says, well, it's not, it wasn't a mandate. And the woman says, well, no, it, it wasn't. But when 70 to 80% are doing it, for those of us who don't, I felt a little ostracised. And I'm sorry, but I should not have to look at half-naked men and women as I go about my work. And the um, counsel says, well, this was one day a month. And she says, yes. And they go, well, playing devil's advocate for a moment, could you not just call in sick that day? And she says, well, why should I have to? Whether I stay home or I don't play along with the bathing suit theme, either way, I probably draw attention to the fact that I'm not too thrilled with my body. And it's unfair that I have to do that. So then Billy gets up and crosses. um, And he's like, you were never required to wear a bathing suit. And when you say 70% did wear bathing suits, actually, many of the women just wore tops. They had pants or skirts on, isn't that right? And the woman's like, yeah. And Billy says, so you feel harassed simply by others dressing like that? And the woman says, well, yeah, because when they all do, it draws attention to why I don't. And that's, and Billy's like, but the men wore bathing suits too, right? And she's like, well, that's also horrendous. I do not need to see their big beer bellies hanging over their belts. And I was like, who's wearing a belt with swimwear? <laughs> 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 but Billy says, but just so that we're clear, this bathing suit thing was for men and women alike. And the woman says, well, it was for men and women, Mr. Thomas, but that does not make it alike. And Billy's like, well, how is it different? And she goes, because it is. And I was like, she ain't wrong. No, no, she's not. Uh, but Billy, of course, well, Mr. given his speech at the beginning of the Mr. day... Mr. Oblivious. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's not going to be attuned into the nuances of this distinction. No, not at all. Um, so Elaine is pacing in Ali's office, and Richard and Georgia are also there, and she's saying it's a lie, um, and Ali's like, yep, you've been saying that for an hour. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to meet with your aunt's lawyer to expedite the depositions. That's the best way to flush it out. Your aunt's agreed to go first. And Elaine's like, okay, fine, let's do it. And George is kind of nodding along, like, slowly. And there's, like, this question hanging in the air. Yeah. And Elaine notices, and she's like, what? And George is like, um, is there anything we should know going in? And Elaine's like, like, what? And Rich is like, like, did you rip off your cousin? Elaine, we're here for you. You know that. We just need to know. Thief or not. And Elaine's like, it was my idea. And Rich is like, well, we had to ask. And Elaine's like, I told Martha about the idea. And Ali's like, well, were you close with Martha? And Elaine said, well, I thought so. And Ali's like, okay, well, let's do a patent search and go from there. Um, And you might want to put your interview on cable on hold as well while we're going through this. Which obviously is crushing for someone like Elaine. Yeah. (laughs) She was so excited about it as well. So excited. But it's, and it's also, it's kind of robbed her of the momentum that she'd got off of the back of the information yeah. as well. Because it's like, sometimes with these products, you get like a shot at it. Yeah. And if you don't ride the momentum, then it's really yeah. difficult to pick that up. So Completely. this aunt has just like killed Completely all of that. Completely bulldozed that. Um, but also, Elaine's was clearly so hurt when Georgia felt that she had to 
go there in terms of asking. Well, yeah, I think... She, yeah, I think she feels I, betrayed I think, by that. Well, I think she also feels very, yeah, humiliated that that would be a question yeah. that the people she works with would have to ask her. Yeah. Next, we're with John, and he's walking through the complex to a soundtrack, another Barry White tune. I mean, I feel like the end of season two's playlist is just going to be back to back. I'm not complaining. <laughs> but it's I'm uh, a song called I'm Qualified to Satisfy You, <laughs> which will make sense as we go through this scene. So he stops at the stairs um, in favour of walking up to Nell instead. So and as he goes to find Nell, he kind of does casual finger guns at people as he's walking, doing his, like, swag walk, I've been calling it. And Nell sees him, and she's just acting normally with him, like, John, hi. And just like, hi, how's it going? And she's like, yeah, fine. And he's like, yeah, fine. So you don't like that bathing suitcase, huh? And she's like, do you want something? <laughs> and John's like, oh, no, no. And then John's holding a pen and he pretends to drop it behind behind her and he goes down he crouches down to pick it up and when he does so he's right by Nell's knee pits and he kind of looks at them then he puts his fingers to his mouth he warms them and then he goes in and then there's a record scratch where Nell is startled squeals and falls over backwards toppling like over Over John John. and scattering papers all her papers were flying and I was like reading this as code for fingering which I do you do not just stick your fingers in there without asking especially not at work I just like say it with me John consent oh my consent it's so easy it's so easy and like Richard proved he could do it last yeah time. I know if Richard can do it so can you I mean Nelly's like wriggling on the floor going what the hell was that <laughs> and John's screwing up one eye and he's kind of holding it with his hand um, and he says I apologise and Nell's like why were you trying to get me off with that stupid knee pit thing and John gets up and he's still clutching his eye <laughs> and he walks he just he doesn't even answer he just walks away with this kind of distorted version of Barry accompanying him like it's trying to play but the record yeah, player is like not stopped. working yeah, um, so then we have him lying on a couch whilst Ali is icing his eye and she and she's like did she kick you and John's like no I caught a heel in the eye as she fell and Ali's like, what is this knee pit thing? And John's like, you don't want to know. And Ali gets annoyed. And she's like, why wouldn't I? What does everybody think? That I don't like sex? And she gets up and just walks to her desk. And it's like, just because I never have it, I do remember it. And I have a vague memory of what sex is like. And as I can recall, I liked it. Okay. And John sits up and it's like, eight seconds. And Ali's like, excuse me? And John's like, I came in to talk to you about my problem. And you managed to make it all about you in about eight seconds. Your record is six. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Good for you, John. Like, I'm glad that he was like, hey. Hi. <laughs> I'm here. You're a terrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's this gif moment of Ali's tongue coming out to John's face and slapping it like yeah. three times side to side. And Ali's like, okay, about you. And John says, do women like to be taken or not? I read these articles. Some of them are even written by feminists that say, deep, deep down, women like to be dominated, at least a little, and that a woman only wants to be with a man who's capable of taking her. Is that true? And I was like, in John, in all your in-depth research on the topic, did you just skip over the part about consent? I know, this is it. 
That's all you're missing, mate. That's all you're <sighs> Jesus. missing. Jesus, yeah, I know. It's possible to do what you're doing and be the instigator of stuff, but also establish consensus. Yeah, establish that that is what she would like you to do. Because some women, it's yeah, real sure. simple. But there's still consent is still a thing. Yeah, I just man. I it's funny because this is still a this is also a conversation that gets had a lot. Even now, when men are like, well, how are you even supposed to approach a woman? Yeah, it's how like, are you even supposed to flirt? How, like, or how are you supposed to be romantic if you have to bring consent into it? Like, it's just like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> the confusion over this topic. No, I, I genuinely don't. don't. It's it, baffling. It's super simple like i always love that analogy with like um having a cup of tea. tea yeah just because someone's agreed to a cup of tea in the morning doesn't mean they uh will want it in the afternoon and just because they've agreed to it they can turn around and go oh actually now i've changed my mind i don't want tea and you you don't have the right to be like no drink your tea and, like, and also just because like, they once mentioned they like tea doesn't mean you can come up to them in the workplace and just throw tea over them <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's just really funny just mental oh. um so and Ali answers that no that women don't all like to be taken and John says that he's been talking to Richard and Richard says Never do that. when it comes to relationships I should only listen to my southern compass <laughs> and Ali says makes the good point that he shouldn't rely on Richard for advice and it's bad enough that he's relying on her. <laughs> um, and John asks her if she's okay and she says, I miss him. And John says, Billy? And he's like, she's like, Greg, I blew it, John. I had a great guy, a doctor even. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you did. And then it's taken you until now to realise this. Well, tough fucking titties. Yeah, I know. I'm just like... <laughs> Greg deserves better. He really, really does. Lucky escape. Yeah, dodged a bullet. Honestly, the fact that it's like, when did the, what episode was it that all of this shit happened? It was over four episodes, right? Like a month ago. Yeah. And the fact that she's only now like, oh, oh, I did yeah. have a good guy oh, there. I'm like, how have you only just realised? Yeah, I know. She's just like, oh, I suppose he wasn't too bad, was he, Greg? He, he was alright. In fact, he was great. It's just like. Why is this now occurring to you? And the fact that it is only just now occurring to you makes me say that you don't deserve no, any of his time. Exactly. Um, so John says, well, is he seeing anybody else? And Ali's like, no, he's just limited the field to not me. <laughs> <laughs> and John's like, well, here I am talking about taking a second run at Nell. Maybe you need to consider the same thing with Greg. And Ali's like, oh, no, I don't know. And John's like, Ali... You're almost 30. Statistically, struck by lightning. Which I didn't understand. No, I was going to ask you about this. Is no, this some my only of... note is, what? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether it was like, you're more likely to get struck by lightning than... Meet anyone after meet 30. Meet anyone after 30. <laughs> have a family after 30. Yeah, it's bizarre. I don't know what that's about. But no, anyway, it doesn't make John sense. says, well, it's time you have to make it happen. So then we're back in the courthouse and a man on the stand is being questioned by Billy. Um, and the man is um, their client. So the head of Mr. Volpe, the head of the company. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about where his idea for this 
beach day came from and apparently when he was a kid at school they used to have Bermuda day when they would all wear shorts and it would lift everybody's spirit um, and that was why he started bathing suit day because newsflash this is not a school <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm sure they didn't all walk around topless yeah it's like a Bermuda day yeah. is a bit different yeah but anyway he was like um uh, that's why he started bathing suit days because everyone's so serious all the time and he said where's the law that work can't be fun and I'm like where's the law that says fun equals getting naked <laughs> yeah <laughs> like fun for who yeah and Billy's like so you do it once a month and the man's like yeah people like work and then they're usually more productive um, and I thought that by putting them in bathing suits once in a while it makes them more energised and efficient when the opposing counsel crosses and says, um, did you not think to consider that someone like Vicky Sharp might be made to feel uncomfortable in this sexually charged? And the guy's like, no, this wasn't something done to her. And the opposing counsel says, well, what? You don't make room for the possibility that she might be embarrassed to see people in bathing suits parading around the office? And then the door to the courtroom opens as the lawyer is talking and two women in bathing suits come in and start in, like, kind bikinis. of deciding where to sit. Yeah, they're in yeah. two-piece bathing suits, yeah. Um, and Mr Volpe's like answering the question saying, oh, I don't think she should be embarrassed. And the jury has noticed the women and there's yeah. like commotion going on and the judge is like, what's going on? And the opposing counsel says, oh, I don't think this should disturb anyone, Your Honour. Like, you know, it shouldn't be a problem. So, and then he just continues. Like, yeah. so tell me, Mr. Volpe, what about the idea that this undermines the workplace? And then a man in speedos, like, walks yeah, into the room. Good. And the judge is like, what are you doing, counsel? And the opposing counsel says, Mr. Volpe, aren't you asking us to believe that women shouldn't object to others wearing bathing suits? And there are more people and, like, coming, people in. coming in. And the plaintiff looks, like, really pleased. Like, she's just kind of like, huh. Yeah, like, point made. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and Mr. Volpe's like, I'm saying, who does it really hurt? And at this point, the jury were craning their necks to get a good old look at all the flesh on the show. <laughs> and the judge has had enough. And she bangs her gavel. And she's like, members of the jury. And they all whip around yeah, like... Whoops. <laughs> but I do think that's a great stun. Yeah. I think mean, that's a really, like... If we're accepting the reality of this universe whereby stunts are allowed, then... Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Think, I think it's a great stunt yeah. used, yeah. So, in the Cajun Fish conference room, the depositions are running for Elaine's lawsuit, and um, Gladys is up first, and she's saying about how Martha had talked about all of the face bra stuff in, and in fact the day before she died she was talking about doing an infomercial about it and then Ali is asking uh, Gladys if Martha ever gave any specific reason to believe she invented it and Gladys says yes yeah, she told me she invented it and Elaine cuts in and is like that's a lie I told her everything and Ali's like Elaine no and she's like well, what was your relationship with Martha and Gladys says, well, we had our estrangements like every mother and daughter. And Ali says, well, isn't it true that she could never really get your approval? And Gladys is like, is that what Elaine said? And Elaine's like, it's true, Gladys. And Ali's like, Elaine. And Elaine's like, that's why she told you she invented it. And Ali's like, Elaine. And Gladys is like, she did invent it. And they start arguing and yeah. the lawyers have to pull them apart. Then Ali continues and says, did your daughter ever offer anything in the way of evidence that she invented this product? And Gladys is like, here's the patent application dated March 2nd, 96, and here are the sketches that she did. And Ali's like, 
Oh. <laughs> so then the next scene, Ali's marching into her office with Georgia and Elaine behind. And Georgia's just like, did you steal it? And Elaine's like, no. And Georgia's like, they have seven witnesses, people she told about it. And Ali just goes, well, all that means is that Martha lied to them too, just like she did her mother. And I was like, I'm really glad someone's on fucking Elaine's side here. Yeah, because otherwise this would be truly awful. But I, I can see why Georgia is is, you know, like, shit why do they have that stuff like um i can see i can see why but i would believe elaine if she was my i think the thing is i i think the way um jane krakowski performs it is very much like extremely earnest and genuine Mm. and so if i was a person in that room i'd be like well either she is telling the truth or, like, she's an Oscar, like, Winning worthy. Actress, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because uh, you can, yeah, you believe her. Yeah. You, you can believe that, it, yeah, that from the I emotion. Believe. From the emotion in her voice, yeah. the way she is when she's questioned about it. Like, yeah. I can believe, yeah. So, Elaine is sort of trying to justify herself to Georgia and saying, you know, I got the patent. Martha was not a very truthful person. She embellished things worse than I did. And Georgia's like, if they can prove you stole the idea. And then he's like, I didn't steal it. And I was like, all right. And then he's like, why aren't you believing me? And Georgia and Ali just glance at each other, but they kind of ignore that question. And Ali's like, do you have any documentation or anything else that goes back more than three years ago? And then he's like, I don't know. The only person I really talked about it with was Martha. I was afraid of somebody stealing the idea. And Georgia's like, I think we should make an offer. And then he's like, no, I'm not settling. I'm not letting them take this away from me. I'm not settling. And this is not about me having a pathetic life either. This is my invention. And Ali's like, well, we have another one of your cousins to depose. Let's just see how that goes and go from there. So Elaine leaves and Ali and Georgia raise their eyebrows at each other. But yeah, I feel really sorry for Elaine. Yeah. It's really awful. I feel like you have to keep reiterating, mm. I didn't fucking steal it. Yeah. And like, like to feel like you've got nothing to prove that other than yeah, your word. And yeah. Your word isn't when, it's, when it's your word so against the dead, a dead person's yeah. word. Like, and it's just that thing of like, it's, you know, it would be humiliating enough to, to have to say it once to be like, Obviously, I didn't steal it. Yeah. But then to be basically keep Keep being asked it. Yeah. Like, are you sure you didn't steal it? You would just be like, no! (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then Elaine has gone into the unisex and she opens a stall just as John dismounts from the stall opposite (laughs) and kicks her in. To the toilet. And we see John in a heap on the floor and a splash has come from the stall. And as John gets up, Elaine comes out and her head and shoulders are completely dripping. So she's gone head first into the toilet apparently Um, and Elaine's like this is unbelievable last night was the greatest night of my life and today I go head first into a toilet and she walks out upset she's not going well for Elaine no and as she goes out Nell comes in like what the fuck (laughs) and John's like I knocked her into a fresh bowl and Nell's like ah you've been causing all sorts of excitement and John's like uh Nell listen I apologise for assaulting the back of your knee. And I'm like, thank you for saying that it was assault. Assault, Yeah. that is what it is. (laughs) And he goes, I was, and now says, trying to pave the road ahead. A road you have no intention of taking. And John's like, let's just go out. End of the day. We'll grab something to eat and just go. Like we read about those people with lives do. And now's like, 
all right, but not to the bar. If we go out together, we're going someplace else. And John kind of goes, stutters and hums, but he ends on, that's fine. Yeah. And uh, Nell says that she's going to pick a place. And she's like, I'll go out, John, but we need to leave the building. Yeah. So back in the courthouse, a woman is on the stand being questioned by the opposing counsel. And she's someone else who works at the company um, and is testifying that she felt that she should wear a bathing suit because she just started working at the company. And she was told by her boss that it's something that they do. And she didn't want to seem like... Um, she was rejecting that. She felt a pressure to do it. The opposing counsel asks if she still wears bathing suits on bathing suits day. And she says, well, no, because I've been there longer. I feel the less need to conform. Um, so then Billy gets up and crosses. And he's like, well, you've also had some opportunity to get to know my client. And the woman says, yes. Um, and Billy says, well, does he strike you as someone who would put pressure on someone to wear a bathing suit? And the woman's like, no. And he says, and do you now that you know the other employees, do you think they would give a hard time to someone who chooses not to put on a swimsuit? And the woman's like, no. And Billy's like, so the pressure you perceived, it was really just that. You perceived it. And I was like, that doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. What a fucking stupid question. Um, And the woman's like, yeah, but when you see everyone else, and Billy's like, I'm not blaming you, Miss Tyler, but perhaps we shouldn't blame Mr. Volpe either. And Miss Tyler's like, well, it is his company. I know. I'm just like, fantastic. Who else? point do we blame (laughs) and Billy's like yes and when he testified that he did this primarily for office fun and spirit do you have any reason to doubt him and she's like no and Billy's like thank you and then Billy nods at Lynn who's like good job yeah great I'm just like so your whole case is um but he has such good intentions and he's just doing it for fun so nothing bad can come of this I'm just like what and if it's there is anything bad, so, it's all in your head. It's so... So it's your fault. It's such a weak argument. Um, so Ali and Renee are at a restaurant, and I couldn't decide whether they were there for lunch or dinner, because... I think it's lunch. Well, it looked like daytime, but then it is, like, coming into summer now, so maybe it's a early evening. I think it's So lunch. it's light outside, but the thing that... that made me think it wasn't lunch is they have really big glasses of wine and drinking during the day a work day is not a thing that happens in America so I thought it was probably dinner no maybe they're just really bougie so bougie and boozy <laughs> trust me that's not what happens no <laughs> no okay. I don't know um, so I thought it was possibly dinner but it just felt weird that it was light outside yeah but I guess it was it is like May isn't it so okay. anyway Ali, oh my god, this conversation. Ali is talking about how I've got Ali and Renee at lunch talking bullshit. It's, it's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard. She goes, Maybe we are the weaker sex. I mean, isn't that what these laws are saying? No, they're saying men shouldn't harass us. Well, why do we need the laws? Why can't we just stick up for ourselves? Using the law is sticking up for ourselves. Well, what I don't get is that society tells us to be weak. Society tells us that we have to be the demure in gender. And and if we're ever the sexual predators, well, that is just unseemly, isn't it? Well, it isn't fair. We have to sit back and wait to be asked out, wait to be called. And as she's talking, she's like waving her salad fork around until eventually some lettuce just lands on Renee's face. And she's like, Sorry. This must be about Greg again. If guys don't take no for an answer, if guys are persistent, well, well, we think that's romantic. We make movies about them. But but if it's a woman, they cast Glenn Close. How many times have you called him? Who? Greg. A few. 
here's the problem, Rene, and it is every bit as much yours as it is mine. There are no good men. Now, now I, I read this article, and on average, there are two per state. Good men? Yes, and I had one of them. And I let him get away. And I was like, yes, yes, you did, Ali, and you can suck on that sad salad because this is all your fault. <laughs> I know. Completely, and it's just... It's such bullshit. Like, I'm just like, two per state? Like, who the fuck came up with that? Like, what kind of idiot reads something like that and takes that as fact? And also, we are not the weaker sex. I mean, it goes without saying, but it's like, we are the oppressed sex. And yeah. you might as well talk about the weaker race or the weaker sexuality or the weaker socioeconomic class. Like, that, it, it's not... That, that's not the phrase. But where all this comes that comes from is the fact that she's calling Greg a bunch of times and he's not picking up and she's just like, well, what, what's even the point? Like, they say that they I'm supposed to be, like, not chase a man because we're meant to be the weaker sex, but when I do, it's like, I'm Glenn Close and it's like, just conflating all these issues yeah, and coming and it's out with, like... like yeah, like the reason he's not calling back isn't because you're calling him. The reason he's not calling back is because he doesn't want to know you anymore. You've because been you fucked it up. A terrible human being. Yeah, like you were awful to, to him. Being the weakest. No, completely. I'm just like, girl, seriously. She talks such a lot of Shit. crap sometimes. Yeah. Anyway. The deposition is continuing and another lady has been deposed and I mean, maybe Ali's gone for lunch with Renee with a big glass of wine because she's like, it's only Elaine's case, doesn't matter if I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. So Ali's like, did, did Martha ever talk to you about the face bra? And... Um, this other cousin is saying, oh yeah, many times. In fact, she was talking about the day before the accident. Um, she used to, well, Ali says, did she ever mention her cousin Elaine when she was talking to you about it? And she says, yes. And Ali's like, well, what did she say? And she says, well, she was afraid that Al Elaine would try it and steal the idea. Um, and Ali's like, well, did you respond to her concerns? And Casey's like, I think I did. Yeah, and Ali says, well, what did you say? And Casey says, well, I don't remember exactly, but... And Ali's like, but what? And Casey says, well, Elaine, oh... And she's, like, waving her hands in the air. And she's like, this is, this is hard for me to say with her in the room because I do love her. And Ali's like, I think we need you to say it. And she says, well, she was always desperate to be like noticed you know in high school none of us ever wanted to bring our boyfriends around her because we were afraid she'd try and you know steal them and Ali's like and what else and Casey says well she we didn't really trust her and Elaine leans forward and is like Casey and Casey says oh I know I'm sorry I'm sorry please don't get me wrong we love you we do but this is really wrong what you're doing to Gladys and Elaine just takes a sip of water and gets and just walks out. It's so it's such a gut punch, isn't it? When your own family believes just that turn against yeah, you, yeah, oh. and not only not even turn against you, like have secretly been against you this entire time. Yeah, have no idea. Yeah. Oh, poor Elaine. So Richard and John are at the window in Richard's office, and Richard is using binoculars to look out. Yeah. Why? I'm like, well, question, question. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yes. Um, but John has his back to the window, um, but Richard's saying, she said yes. 
excellent. It was real Mr. Burns. <laughs> yeah. It's like, excellent. Um, and John's saying, but the problem is she wants to leave the building and I'm agoraphobic. Going out is one thing, but going out somewhere new is another. And Richard's like, maybe she'll take you to Poughkeepsie. <laughs> John gives him like a smile therapy <laughs> Yeah, smile. And then Richard's like, John, you've got to date with a beautiful woman. Can you just drop all your little weird eccentricities and go with it? And John's smile goes wider and his nose whistles. <laughs> And Richard continues by going, be thankful. Look at her. Look at you. Can't you just say to yourself, hey, I've set new records in overachieving. People are going to see the two of you together and assume she must be paid for. And John is smiling like really maniacally now. But she isn't. You've got a beautiful woman to go out with you for free. Enjoy the milestone. It's a life moment. And he kind of pats his shoulder. Off you go now. And he like turns to his desk. And John's like, I was hoping you and Ling could come along as a double date. And then Richard hands John a second pair of binoculars. Yeah. And they both turn back to the window. And John says, well, don't ask me why, but you bring me comfort. And they both look out the window with their binoculars. And I'm like, what the fuck are they doing with these binoculars? Oh, yeah, I'm like, are they now peeping Toms too? (laughs) Don't tell me they've suddenly become ornithologists. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I do not believe it. (laughs) What do you think about him inviting Ling and Richard along? Because I was, when I saw this bit, I was a bit kind of like... Oh, John, like, I don't think that's what Nell wants. made the change. Yeah, and now you're, you're, yeah, you're still, it's like, you're still clinging to your security blanket. Like, it's just like, uh, I don't know. Come on. I guess it depends what sort of date it is, which we will find out. (laughs) We will find out. Okay. So, Georgia is then in Ali's office, and she's trying to convince Ali that, they settle. are going to convince Elaine to settle. Mm. And Ali's like, well, I don't believe she stole the idea. Do you? And Georgia's like, well, if she goes on that cable show... And Ali's like, look, Elaine may be a lot of things, but she is not a liar. She wouldn't steal. And Georgia's like, even if you're right, even if the dead cousin is a liar, we've got no evidence. And Elaine walks in with her head down, looking really glum. Mm. And Ali's like, Elaine, how are you doing? And Elaine's like, fine. Like, really flat. And Ali says, your deposition is scheduled for tomorrow. And Ali's like, okay. And she turns to walk out carrying papers from Ali's desk. But as she's kind of adjusting them, as she's walking, she accidentally drops them all. And Mm. Ali jumps up to help her. And Ali's like, look, obviously it's your cousin Martha was lying. But do you know of any reason why she would have done so? And Elaine's like, she must have been more desperate than even me. And George is like, oh, come on, like... Stop ragging me someone, for like not believing you. Someone more desperate than you, Elaine? Come yeah. on. <laughs> no, it was more like Elaine was saying that as a dig because right. they all think she's desperate. Yeah. And George was like, oh, well, come on, like, don't yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah. Like, and Ali's like, hey, hey. And Elaine's like, the thing that gets me the most is I was, everybody else, nobody was even kind to her. Now that she's dead, they're all running around like... Three years ago, I had to throw her a birthday party myself. And could I convince her own mother or any of them to go? Not even. And then she stops as though she's just realised something. And Ali's like, what? And she, Elaine puts her hand to her mouth and then looks excited. And she's like, excuse me. And she like runs out. And Ali's like, Elaine, what? Yeah, so... So Elaine has got a lead on something. Yes. 
So back at the courthouse, the opposing counsel in uh, the bathing suitcase is making his closing arguments. Um, and I have a note here that says, a good closing. <laughs> it says, we all think we've made such wonderful progress where women aren't physically objectified anymore. Vicky Sharp certainly thought so. She got a college degree, got a great job at a growing software company, hired for her creativity, recruited for her mind. Now throw on a bathing suit, will you? And yeah, I know, she didn't have to. But then she's conspicuous for not being a sport. She's a prude, or worse yet, she's got a lousy body she's probably got to cover up. For God's sake, why should she have to endure even a second of this? And their argument that the men did it too? <laughs> I suppose they could have a wet t-shirt contest and justify that by having the men compete as well. This is a male boss, a guy's guy, I guess, who wanted to have a bathing suit day at work to lift a few spirits. Vicky Sharp should never be put in the position where she has to say to her employer, I decline to wear a bathing suit today. We've made such wonderful progress, haven't we? And I was like, very good. <laughs> but then we have Billy doing his fucking closing. And he says, This wasn't the equivalent of a wet t-shirt contest. This wasn't something designed to titillate. Even the plaintiff admitted that. All he was trying to do was generate a little fun. Yes, a little office spirit. You know, companies used to have Friday afternoon happy hours, but that's been eliminated by the Dram Shop Acts. And now he's being sued for a beach party theme. Women weren't being singled out. The men wore bathing suits too, or chose not to, just like the women were free to choose. One Friday a month, he brings in fake palm trees, sunlights, sand, serves non-alcoholic pina coladas, and he's getting sued for it. Because Miss Sharp, who was never pressured to participate, nevertheless felt objectified. She says these things made her feel self-conscious about not having a perfect body, as if women have a priority on vanity, as if men can't feel self-conscious about how they look in a bathing suit, even by their own admissions. The motive wasn't chauvinistic, it wasn't sexist, it was to heighten office morale. Even they admit that. But here they are, suing anyway. Aren't we all just taking things a little too seriously here? <laughs> just like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> like such a weak argument. It was like the gif of the little stick man, like there, and there's the words, the point. No, I know. I need to do a gif of Billy with that. Oh my God, do it. Make it happen, make it happen. Oh my God. I'll do some research on how I can do that. He's such oblivious, oblivious. Oblivious, yeah, oblivious. Oblivious Billy. Oblivious, I can't, no. Believious. <laughs> no, because that makes it sound like we believe in him. I don't believe in him. <laughs> um, so Elena's got a TV set up and she's presenting to Annie and Georgia in Annie's office and there's a home video that appears to be paused on the screen. So Elena's explaining that she was making a video to put it into a montage as part of Martha's Christmas present. And Annie's asking if it was the birthday party. And Elaine's like, yeah, the one that I threw for her because nobody else would, the one that nobody would even come to. And she goes, the camera is on a tripod. And she presses play 
and her and her cousin Martha are on a sofa and Elaine's singing a birthday song into yeah. a microphone to her, and yeah. George is laughing <laughs> and Ali's like you did a number and Elaine's like never mind and she fast forwards <laughs> um, but then she's like here this is it and the Elaine on the TV has got a cake with candles for Martha yeah. and she's saying make a wish make a wish and then they both blow out the candles which I also thought was funny because I was like if it's Martha's birthday <laughs> why is Elaine blowing out the candles <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's very Elaine to it do that. Elaine, yeah. yeah. Um, and then she goes, excellent, I made a wish too. And Martha goes, well, what was it? And Elaine goes, that my face bra becomes a hit, that I become rich and famous and men start lining up to sleep with me. And Martha's like, what is this face bra you keep talking about? And Elaine's like, my face bra is the best invention. And Elaine pauses the tape and Ali and Georgia are just like, Open mouth. Yeah. And Elaine's like, that was the day I told you about it. And Ali's like, well, why didn't you bring this out yesterday? And Elaine's like, because I forgot I had it. And when I started talking about her birthday, I suddenly remembered. You still think we should settle? And she looks at Georgia and she goes, this can be used as evidence, right? And Ali's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. And no, you should not be settling. And Georgia's like, hey, I never said you were lying. And Elaine goes, but you believed it right down to your brown roots and walks out. Yeah, you're fucking fraud, Georgia. I was like, goddamn secret brunette. I know, I was like, take that. (laughs) So, right. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't really know what to do with this, but... Well, I do, but we'll do it at the end of this. Oh, okay. So... There's a rap group performing on a stage and there's lots of, uh, I guess, people dressed in a hip-hop style in the crowd of a club. It's right, like a, it's rap like a hip-hop club. Yeah. club, yeah. And Nell and John are kind of pushing their way through. And I would like to take a minute here for a fashion moment. Because... <laughs> what has Nell done to her Wait, hair? no, let me start from the beginning. <laughs> Nell has her hair in those kind of white girl dreadlock twist things that were very popular in the 90s these sort of twist 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 your hair and these really thin little so they almost look like dreadlocks but they're not um, it and looks then, terrible I know but it was very popular <laughs> and then she was wearing a grey backless satin tank top with a split at the front to show her belly button and it kind of ties at the back with spaghetti straps yes. and then she's got like a black sweatband on one wrist <laughs> um, and she's wearing a skirt and it's all very 90s Gwen Stefani yes. which yeah. is my vibe and I just thought it was wonderful to I... be right back <laughs> I really hated her hair. I, hate I loved it. it. It was very Fatosa from Steps. <laughs> I hate whenever white people like do uh, try to do like dreadlocks or things oh, like yeah, that. I fucking horrendously hate it. problematic. But it, it, the reason I love it is because it reminds me of a zipper <laughs> tie. It is problematic, but it also just looks fucking shit. Like it, yeah. they just. Why people don't know how to do that and make it look good? Like, no. they just can't. I mean, what she was wearing was not actually dreadlocks. It was a very popular hairstyle. Yeah, time, yeah. yeah. Um, it was... I really enjoyed it. I was like, you could be on a red carpet right now for, like, the MTV <laughs> Teen Awards or something. Um, but, yeah... Nell is going, um, you're going to love this place, John. And I was like, has she chosen the most anti-John place? Exactly. I'm like, she definitely has. Definitely. Um, and John's like, do they just pass out microphones? And Nell's like, that's the band, John. And behind Nell and John are Richard and Ling. And yeah. Ling looks ecstatic to be there. Yeah. Um, Richard and John are dressed like they just came from, from the, the office, office. And they just look 
completely out of place. Yeah, they stick out like a sore sort of thumbs. Um, and Richard's like, if I close my eyes, they sound like a headache. <laughs> and Ling and Nell lead the way to like a clear spot and start dancing. And then some random man goes to John. Hey man, is that your daughter? She's fly. And John's like, waves him off and then shouting to be heard to Richard he's like this place troubles me and Ling's like let's just dance <laughs> and loads of like club goers are pushing past John and Richard as they kind of end up almost surrounded they're like back to back yeah and they notice that all the club goers seem to be wearing sunglasses so Richard stops one of them and gets out a wad of cash and is like here's a hundred dollar bill for the sunglasses and just takes them off her face yeah I was like she didn't even say yes yet no I know <laughs> and he's like thank you and takes another pair off her friend's face thank you and then he gives a pair to John and he's like take off your coat and put these on and John's like why and he's like so you don't look like Nell's father just do it it's like, you still look like Nell. <laughs> You're Nell, not fooling anyone. And then Nell pops up and she's like, about the band. She's like, aren't they great? And John's like, are they on parole? I'm like, and I'm like, is it because they're black? Why? This is my objection. <laughs> because I'm like, that's racist. Oh, absolutely. That's horrendously racist absolutely and I'm like how come you're two for two on racism in the, yeah, the yeah, last two episodes yeah John? completely where has this come from I've never got a hint of racism from you before yeah stop this completely so Nell is like come on and she kind of moves through the crowd to get closer and John's like we're out of our element here Richard and Richard's like just do what I do we need to think survival and then we have what I guess was the point of this scene <laughs> which is Richard and John moving through the crowd wearing their shirts and ties but with their sunglasses on looking ridiculous and Richard is trying to like hip hop dance to the music but John's like just following behind looking awkward and then they're at the front and they start sort of dancing around like dads like flailing around yeah, and Nell and Ling are just looking at them and Ling's like what are they doing we're gonna be asked to leave <laughs> yeah. and Nell's like I think they're dancing and then they do like a full-on routine. routine and everyone around them seems to be really enjoying it and even the band like notice them from the yeah. stage and they're like hey look at these white guys and then at the end like Nell and Ling like rush to hug them and it's yeah, like a triumph the crowd like love it un unironically for like some inexplicable reason <laughs> this would never happen so this is my is this whole scene okay. because one this scene is unbelievably cringe yeah it's so embarrassing but two i really hate shit like this mm. when yeah because i because every time it's done in a tv or movie and it's done with white men and white women mm. it mm. just feels like a blatant wish fulfillment scene well it's like written by a white tourism. writer yeah well who who wishes they could get a cool stamp of approval yes. from black people yeah like and i find it like so embarrassing like yeah. it is such an embarrassing scene to write such an embarrassing scene to shoot such an embarrassing scene to have in your tv show or your yeah. movie like it's just the whole thing is like some sad white wish fulfillment and i just it's so cringe. Well, because there were white people in that club, because white people can enjoy hip-hop music, and I just feel like 
if Nell and Ling had gone to the club, because they seem to be fitting in, yeah. um, and were enjoying the music, I, I buy that that's music that they yes. listen to. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have been a problem, it would just been them on a night out yeah. at a place where they happen to like. It was just this whole, like, fish out of water, like, oh, is this how the black kids do it? Like, yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. And it was really And it weird. just, it, it really awkward and embarrassing cringe as you say very yeah. cringe and I just and it and this isn't the only thing to do that like I've seen it in other oh, movies yeah, yeah. all the time yeah. and it's so embarrassing yeah. it's just like this does not happen no they would all look at you like the weirdos who fucking are yeah like please leave <laughs> yeah I, I wish they have been asked to leave yeah so then after that monstrosity, um, we see John and Nell walking home and John is really stiff and he thinks he's pulled something and Nell's like, well, you were moving in different directions. <laughs> um, and John's like, why did you bring me there? Seriously. And Nell's like, oh, I just didn't want to go to the bar. And John's like, well, fine, but why that place? It was a test, wasn't it? And Nell's like, maybe it was. And John's like, and you were just trying to see if I could handle it. Did I pass? And Nell's like, yeah, you did. And then John leans in to kiss Nell um, and she's like, it's a welcome kiss this time, yes. as opposed to just <laughs> surprising her with this. <laughs> Surprise um, kiss. So it's a nice kiss. And then they walk home. And then we see Ali was on the same street and saw them. Yeah, I was like, why is Ali watching this? Yeah. <laughs> well, she looks kind of, she looks kind of sad. I don't know if that's how yeah, you feel. Yeah. kind of like, like hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. So then Ali is back at her apartment eating ice cream alert yeah. with Renee in the kitchen. And she's relaying what she saw. Um, and Renee's like, were you following them? And Ali's like, no, no, I was just walking home again, alone, another late night at the office, and then I saw them. And Renee's like, so why does it bother you? And Ali's like, oh, it doesn't, I'm happy for them. And Renee's like, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> and Ali's like, it's just, couplehood is good, Renee, and maybe we should stop waiting for the right guy and start going out with the wrong ones. And I was like, what does she mean by the wrong ones? Does she mean, like, the ugly ones? Or the nerds? Or the ones... Because she's so... Like she's very she's got such a strict criteria yeah. about who she will deign to go out with. Yes, and no. she's like, I can't possibly go out with someone who is beneath me yes. in terms of looks or economic status. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's completely. just like I don't know. I just don't like that use of the word wrong ones. Also, I object. I'm not actually objecting, but I, you know, I Disagree. find it difficult to swallow about her notion that well, a life when you're not in a couple is like just a purgatory until you're in a couple like being a single person can be a very fulfilling lifestyle if you just give it half a chance yeah like you don't couplehood is not necessarily end game nor should it be for everyone it's not like it really it's not the magic bullet that's gonna fix your life and she's like well i'm just wasting my life until i find someone yeah I and just, i'm like no you're just letting life pass you by yeah because uh, and because you're so fixated on it achieving yeah. status it's weird uh yeah and she goes and then she goes it probably beats loneliness and i'm like this got being in a couple has got nothing to do with whether you feel lonely or not yeah because you can be the loneliest person in the world but be in a room full of people do you know what yeah, I mean like yeah. um anyway Renee's like there's nothing lonelier than being with the wrong guy which is that True. point yeah um, and she says listen why don't you just pretend you're dating Greg because the thing about doctors you never see them anyway so you can just <laughs> think of yourself and then she goes forget it and she takes a spoon of ice cream and she goes you we've got ice cream who needs a guy and Ali's like you know what John did it with attitude he had a change you saw it 
And then I was like, I felt it too, right beneath my knee. <laughs> and Ali's like, it's all about attitude, Renee. And I'm going to have my change too. And I'm like, oh God, are you going to just start grabbing people? <laughs> left, right, and centre. Yeah. So the next day, Ali leaves her apartment and uh, Big Girls Don't Cry comes Big on the soundtrack, which is one of my faves. Yeah, yeah. another Frankie Valley song. Great. Um, and she starts walking with a really sassy look on her face like, I've changed. Yeah. Pouting. And what? Feel the change. <laughs> <laughs> and she walks past a couple of guys on the street and they like look at her as oh, she like, goes past. Huh. Um, at the office, Nell is in the unisex looking for John um, and she sort of asks a stall if he's in there. <laughs> and she's like, John, are you in there? And John goes, I am. And she says, oh, well, when you get a second. And he goes, no, 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 I'm coming out now. Please stand back. And she stands back and he dismounts like a perfect gymnast and lands on his feet and Nell's like that was your best ever and John's like thanks and Nell says do you have any plans tonight and he's like no and she thought maybe I thought maybe I cook can I make you dinner and Barry White starts up and John's like sure and Nell's like great eight and John does a nose whistle but he goes sounds good so Nell and John are going all guns again yeah um so then they are showing the tape to Aunt Gladys, Gladys yeah. in the conference room and Ali pauses the tape after Elaine on the television has said how the face bra is her best invention to Martha Yeah. Um, and Ali's like well that was the fourth time do you want to see it a fifth and yeah. Gladys is like I don't know what to say she told me it was her idea she did and the, her Gladys's lawyer is like well I guess I should meet privately with my client <laughs> and Gladys is like Elaine I'm sorry I'm so ashamed now for what she told me, Elaine, I'm so sorry. And the lawyer's like, we can talk later. Come on, Gladys. So Gladys is like, my own daughter, she lied to me. And then they, they leave. leave. And Elaine looks really sad and is like, guess this is victory, huh? We should all go celebrate. And I was like, Elaine, you were victimised by the lie of one person. And Elaine's like, yeah, which the rest of the world was only too willing to believe. And Ali's like, I didn't. And Elaine's like, I know you didn't. And thank you. And Ali goes, look, you just learned the first negative thing about success. People come out of the woodwork. And Elaine goes, well, this was family, Ali. And people here, Georgia included. And Georgia's like, I'm sorry, Elaine. I didn't conclude you were lying, but I wondered. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. And Elaine's like, well, I've got to go and get ready for my cable interview. So screw you fucking guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so at the courthouse, Mr. Volpe walks up to Billy and Ling and is getting really irritated because he's like, are they coming back or not? And I was like, uh, I mean, Billy's not in charge of it, so why are you getting mad at him? <laughs> and Billy's like, well, you know, the bailiff said they would. That's what we think's going to happen. And Mr. Volpe is like, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. And Ling's like, okay, come away. Come and walk with me. We'll get coffee. And they walk off. And then Vicky Sharp comes out of the elevator and she walks past Billy, but then she thinks again and she turns back and she goes up to him and says, I could tell from your closing that you really believed what you said. I'm sure you're a nice man, but... You're not. Spoiler alert. But you really don't get it. And Billy's like, we shouldn't be talking um, because you're represented by counsel. And Vicky's like, all the evidence is in. It doesn't matter. 
and she says just because men and women both wore bathing suits does not make his policy gender neutral men aren't judged by their bodies women still are whether we're objectified or not we're still evaluated by our physicality and Billy's like and men aren't and Vicky says no not in the same way and if you don't know that then you just don't get it and I was like right yeah yeah mm-hmm so John is relaying to Richard that they, he's arranged to go to Nell's for dinner. And Richard is enlightening John to the fact that when a woman, when a woman, when a woman invites you over to when her place. When a woman <laughs> invites you over to her place. <laughs> bring your snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Richard is basically saying to John, when a woman invites you over to her place to cook for you, that means she wants to have sex. Yeah. Um, and he does say, bring your snorkel, which I was like, ooh. I know. <laughs> um, and then Ali comes in, and John and he, uh, Richard's like, great, we can ask Ali. And John's like, no, it's private. And Richard's like, exactly, Ali, this doesn't leave this room. <laughs> when a woman invites a man over to her place for dinner, what do you think this means? And Ali's like, she wants to sleep with him. And Richard's like, thanks. And Ali's like, why? And then John picks up a megaphone and goes, Nell invited me over through the megaphone and then he's like satisfied because he's like you yeah. might as well just tell everyone yeah and Ali's like really John how do you feel about it and John's like well it doesn't trouble me and Ali's like yeah but last time and John's like well I wasn't right last time now I like this woman I really do and Ali has this gift moment of like I don't know if you've used the super zoom or seen it on insta stories there's one that's like a paparazzi one where it goes take several black and white shots of whatever it is you've got focused on well that's what happens except with John's face Face. as if she's like huh John's handsome now (laughs) do you know what I mean it's like weird Um, and John goes why are you looking at me like that and Ali's like Oh, I was just taking a mental picture of the look men get in their eyes when they discover they like someone. It's nice. <laughs> and Richard says, don't you wish you had somebody to love? And Ali's like, don't you? <laughs> and Richard's like, I do. I just get it in such odd ways. And then John says, Ali, when you call Greg, what kind of message do you leave? And Ali's like, oh, just that it's me calling. And John's like, well, why don't you just tell him how much you miss him? Better yet, tell him in person. What's the worst that can happen? And Richard's like, yeah, you'd be right where you are now. And I was like, thank you, Richard. And Richard's like, all for one on one for all here. And then Richard touches Ali's wattle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so at the courthouse, the jury has given its vote to the judge and they found um, in favour of the defendant. Yes. Which is Volpe. Yeah. So Billy's won, won. the case. Yeah. Um, and he admits that he was worried, but, you know, um, Mr. Volpe says, thank you. And Ling says, we never lose. That's why we charge a lot. <laughs> and then Vicky catches Billy's eye at the end. And I was just a bit like, don't bother, love. He's never going to get it. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought this was really interestingly played because there are long shots of her looking at Billy in, like, judgment. And Billy does look a bit awkward and it's an interesting scene because sad music is playing, indicating to me mm. that the show is insinuating that justice has not been done. Right. It's kind of how I read it. Because usually when they win a case yeah. and, you know, 
the show is happy about that. It's sort of jubilant music. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this yeah. time, that wasn't there. It, yeah. it, it was more sad music or poignant music. Yeah, maybe, but I just am sceptical about how much has really sunk in for me. Oh, I don't think it's sunk in for Billy at all. Nothing sunk in for Ling, because she's not... Well, Ling did fuck all on that case. Yeah. Like, she was literally like... I don't know why she was second chairing. No, it was bizarre. It was really weird. It was just yeah. like, oh, give Ling something to do. Yeah. Really weird. Um, so you're right, it was a slightly different mood, but yeah. um, I was still like, don't try... Billy's a lost no, cause. Billy's no, Billy doesn't understand shit, so... He's a lost cause! Don't worry about um, it. So... So then we have um, Richard, Ali, Georgia and Billy are all watching, and Ling, are watching Elaine's cable interview because it's showing on TV. Um, And the interviewer is asking Elaine um, about her sales and Elaine's going, oh, we're very excited. Of course, it's still very early, but there does seem to be a market. And the interviewer's like, so, but you're not an entrepreneur. Like, that's not your job. And Elaine's like, no, I'm a legal assistant. And the interviewer goes, well, what are they saying around the office given your sudden success? And there's this really awkward pause where Elaine's smile falters and she but she manages to just about keep it up. But that moment just really broke my heart when she was just like um wasn't sure how to answer. And Jane Krakowski is so good at playing. She like such depth to her emotions in that scene. It's so good. But she ends up managing to answer, oh well. They're happy for me, of course. I- I've got a great core of people who are cheering for me. And Ali looks really sad for her. And Georgia looks really guilty. Guilty, yeah. Um, and then the interviewer asked her about family. And then Elaine's like, yeah, yeah, family too. And the interviewer's like, best of... And then she's like, it really worked out great. And the interviewer's like, well, best of luck to you. And she's like, thank you. And I just thought that was just the most heartbreaking really little is. scene. It's I was like, so, my have, heart really went out to her. To have, like, your ideas, like, ridiculed and one of them start actually panning out and then for this to happen and it just completely rains on her parade. Like, yeah. it really... But I'm like, people talk about Elaine having self-esteem issues and that's how she acts out all the time. I'm like, of course she's got self-esteem issues because... Yeah. Like the people that are supposedly closest to her make her feel like she's nothing and worthless and pathetic. Yeah. And she feels like she's got no one in her corner. So, of course, she's going to be doubting herself and feeling like shit. Yeah. Like, you people should feel guilty. Yeah. And do better okay. if you actually want to be her friend. Yeah, agree. So... Yeah. So the next scene, we're at Nell's apartment, which I, I don't believe we've seen before. Um, the table is set and there's a knock at the door and Nell goes to answer. Um, and I was like, is there a look that Nell cannot pull off? I know. <laughs> she's got, I mean, this is another fashion moment. I think it is. She's yeah. got a white shirt tied up to her midriff and she's got some wide leg cream linen pants on and her hair is in like this loose half up, half knot. Down. Well, no, it's not half up, it's half down. It's just like a loose like her hair's curly and it's in like a loose knot at the nape of her neck. She just looks really oh, like I it was half up, half down. No, it was oh, not. Okay. No. You're like, no, um, I studied it. <laughs> I paused, I looked, but it she just looks very, very casual, relaxed, sexy vibe. Yeah. You know? Um John is there when she answers the door. Um and, and John is wearing all black. He is. It's uh, very sexy. <laughs> Who knew John was sexy? Who knew could John could be sexy? Like, he's got, like, a couple of, like, buttons on his shirt mm-hmm. undone. It's all very suggestive. <laughs> yeah. 
so he comes in and he apologizes for being late because he went to get wine and Nell was saying she was afraid that he might not show and she was nervous that he suddenly got afraid and John's like afraid of what and Nell says well most men think that if a woman invites him over for dinner she just wants to sleep with him and John then has frozen mid taking his coat off yeah and then she's like come on take your coat off and he's not moving and she's like John and John's like so that's not the case here and Nell's like did you want it to be the case and then he takes off his coat and he comes up to her and he's like, maybe I did. And Nell's like, Ooh. well, at a minimum, you're going to have to eat first. I've been slaving over this damn stove. And John's like, okay. And then he leans in and kisses her and it is a good kiss. It looks like the beginning of sexy time. Well, on that note, uh, that scene fades into a scene where Vonda is singing Tears on My Pillow. Love it. From Grease. Yes. As a taxi pulls up and Ali gets out and she's at the hospital. Yeah. But then she sees Greg coming out of the building, but he's holding hands with a woman. And then he kisses her. Yeah, and they he does. walk on and Ali's like, Ugh. oh. And she walks away. <laughs> But then we go back to John and John is stood unbuttoning Nell's shirt in her bedroom and kissing her and her hair is down and it's all backlit and beautiful. Yeah. Then we go back to Ali walking home, looking all thoughtful. <laughs> and then Nell is kneeling on her bed and takes her shirt off. And then she takes John's shirt off as they kiss. And then we're with Elaine who is walking home. And then we're back with John and Nell and John is on top of Side note, we do not see their genitals. Uh, no, it's just very beautiful and they're, I would describe it as making love. <laughs> um, and then um, and then Ali has made it back home. She walks in. Well, my, sorry, I just had to say in regards to that last scene with like John and oh, Ali yeah. in bed, like it always makes me laugh in like network shows. They can't show no, two people even moving no, as just, if they're they're just lying statically well, he's kissing he's, her but he's yes. kissing her but they are very much not moving yeah. like, and I always find that really funny <laughs> like, they no cannot kissing. give any hint of movement between no. these two people no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so funny uh, but then Ali has made it back home she walks in and she walks past Renee and she's all sad and she sits down and Renee is eating some Ben and Jerry's and then she offers her a bite from her spoon and Ali takes it from her spoon and the episode ends with Renee continually feeding her ice cream. <laughs> like literally spoon feeding Ali ice cream yes. <laughs> and that's the end that's the end so how do you feel about John and Nell rekindling well I like it I, th- I feel like clearly John was not in a good place like the last time they attempted this no um, but he's had the change. He's had the change. And I think he's... he's thrown his wild oats around many people's knee pits. Yeah. So he feels more ready. Confident. Yeah. yeah. And I think he's he's finally kind of actually seeing things from Nell's perspective a bit more in terms of, like, how she might want to be treated. Yeah. That You know, like, he's really trying to, like, be what she needs... Yeah. In a way that he just wasn't doing. Yeah. Um, the first time yeah. round. Yeah. Like, he's willing to go out of his comfort zone for her. Yeah. Whereas he really wasn't willing to do that at all in any yeah. way before. Yeah. Which was quite 
suffocating for yeah. and it suffocated the relationship yeah. yeah um before it even got going so i like that he's kind of gotten over that and realized that he has to just bite the bullet and try and yeah. that actually it it's worked out it's really sweet. and actually it's not that scary it's fine yeah you know completely so yeah i think it holds promise because Nell is such a wonderful human and so empathetic and i just think she could be really good for him well, yeah 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 retrial yes sharp versus volpe packard enterprises what do we what do we think so i think her lawyer put it best when he said Vicky Sharp should never be put in the position yeah. where she has to say to her employer, I decline to wear a bathing suit today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you're a lifeguard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, a lot of people, if not most people, men and women, would feel uncomfortable by this shit. And your supposed good intentions don't negate that. Like, have some goddamn common sense. Like, this is fucking common sense. Well, it's just a completely ex- unacceptable thing to do in a workplace. Yeah. I don't know what they thought they were thinking. I don't know. I, I, yeah. And so nothing about sitting in an air-conditioned office in my bikini makes me think, ooh, fun. fun. My morale is through the roof. It's most people's, like, anxiety dream. What like, are you if talking we're about? on a group outing to the beach... Fine, That's but like, different. I've got to sit down and like do some coding at this software company. Yeah. I do not want to do that in my underwear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Weirdly, yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't, I don't get it. Completely mad. Have the beach theme with the pina coladas and the sun yeah, and just the sand. It's beach theme. Just don't wear. You don't have to wear a bathing suit to no. have that stuff going. No, you don't. Like, it could be all of that minus the bathing suits. Just bizarre. Completely nuts. Um, and, yeah, and Billy's entire argument about how, well, it was equal because the men were there and anyone could decline and it was no one was pressuring. It's like, was just no. bollocks because women do... There's so many problems with, like, peer pressure is a thing. Yeah. Even if it's something you perceive in your own mind and not something that's actually happening, it's I still... feel bad when I don't take part in the Christmas jumper day. Like, I love Christmas. a Christmas jumper. <laughs> but I one one year I brought because I have so many Christmas jumpers and we wanted to do Christmas jumper day and and I say we I mean me. Um, but everyone was like, I don't have a Christmas jumper, and I was like, don't worry, I've got twenty, so I brought all of mine in and everyone wore mine instead. So I. Definitely have been that person forcing people to wear clothes. <laughs> but I wouldn't force anyone to wear a bikini. No, like, that's no. different. I, I just... Yeah, it's one of those things where, like... Yeah, you do feel slightly odd when everyone is taking part in something and you aren't. Yeah. And it... And even if no one says anything or no one else actually minds, yeah. you feel strange. And that is a valid feeling, regardless yeah. if there's any overt or explicit pressure or not. Yeah. And... I think there's several things wrong with the um, asking people to wear such, I guess, sexually explicit clothing in the workplace because it's just not... A, it's not appropriate and it's distracting. Yeah. But B, it's like... I just... It's just so ripe for women to feel 
Like, what are they? And like, no one would know where to look. No, no one would. Everyone would be scared so. to look anywhere. Like, if, if they didn't care about where they looked, well, then they're fucking assholes and everyone else feels uncomfortable. But if you do care about where you look, then it's just really awkward because you're constantly like, yeah. and everyone's constantly like, oh, did he just look at me? Did she just look at, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, and also, how is that making anyone productive? Yeah, and also, <laughs> I'm not being funny, but women, uh, you know, it is. Society, like, social conventions dictate that women are under a lot more pressure in terms of, like, just general, like, body grooming to, in order to be ready to wear a bathing suit. Uh, Yes. Like, men literally just have to throw on a pair of trunks or speedos. Yeah. Like, we have to shave, we have to wax, like, what, you know, what, like, so much more, like, I'm just kind of like, fuck off. Like, I just want to do my job and go home. Like, I shouldn't have to, like, spend a day at, like, the beauty salon to get ready for the life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's it's just bizarre that anyone ever thought that this was a case that could win and that did win. I know, know it's completely bonkers. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. Who have you got? (laughs) I've got... Greg, not guilty. Ah! <laughs> yes! Great. I, I love got, it. I love that Greg appears to have moved on from Ali without a second glance. Yes. I also love that he is with a black woman because I can just imagine him being like, that's the last time I date a white girl. I had had enough cracker nonsense to last me a <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> That's true, that's true. So I was just like, I am really happy that he has just, like, gotten on with it. Like, gotten on with his life and moved on. Like, I really uh, enjoyed that. Me too. So, there you go. So, I find Elaine not guilty. Good. Because she was just so unsupported during this, apart from Ali. But even then, I feel like Ali could have gone into bat for her in front of Georgia yeah. and the rest of the firm a bit more because whenever Georgia was questioning her about Skeptical. it Ali just didn't protect her from that or jump no. in she would just let it she would just let it happen or when Elaine would turn around and be like why do you ask why are you asking that or what do you think like mm. Ali would just exchange a glance with Georgia mm. and like but not say anything like yeah. I feel like she could have done more like to, it felt to, like to tip to like take Georgia down a peg or yeah two like it. I feel like she wasn't quite willing to put herself out on a limb to say no. that I 100% believe Elaine just in case Elaine was actually well Elaine. exactly that's yeah. the thing I felt like she was like trying to walk the line being able to save her ass regardless of which way it fell Fell, do you know what I mean and I just think that the the fact that Ali then at the end made pains to point out that she believed her all the way along I was like no Ali I see you yeah if you Uh, really believed her you could have done more yeah there was so much but I mean at least she did support her and took her case on and all of that kind of stuff so yes. Elaine did at least have that but I just think Elaine 100% deserves better colleagues and better shitty family mm-hmm. so I'm like not guilty you can have that instead you can have my support yeah. I <laughs> so yeah that was no. my verdict cool so yeah so there we are um do we do a rap battle to finish like I don't know how to finish this episode <laughs> It was quite something. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to get the image of John and Richard <sighs> doing some sort of weird hip-hop dance routine. I can't believe life. that scene is in the same episode that John finally gets laid. I'm just like, <laughs> if anyone if anything was going to put someone off John, it should have been that. I mean, right? And yeah. And yeah. <laughs> It was like catnip to Nell for some reason. Um, but yeah, what did you guys think? Um, did you enjoy the rap club scene or were you feeling like us in terms of it was just not... Too cringe yeah. for words. <laughs> Too cringe for words. Um, let us know. I am here telling you that our <laughs> Twitter is at Bygones Podcast. Our Facebook is uh, Bygones Podcast. Our Instagram is Bygones Pod. Our email is bygonespodcast at gmail.com. So please get in touch. Um, and also feel free to chuck us some coin um, and become a Patreon because we can give you things then. We can give you early access to episodes. We can give you um, other fun goodies as well. Um, we're doing all sorts of stuff on Patreon at the moment. So um, yeah, it's just a dollar yeah. as entry level tier. Um, and we appreciate your love and support. We do. Um, but yeah, until next time, bye, bye guns! guns.